Since my show isn't with like celebrities, you kind of have to do place things in context for people. Hang on, except, except me, right? Like, you, hang on a bit. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a fucking indie comic superstar. What are you talking about? Yeah, and, and it's not that the word indie was created to describe people that want <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> James Harvey is a great comic artist, illustrator, and writer. He's written and drawn Mouth Bakery. M- maybe. James, welcome to your eulogy, the podcast where we talk to someone about their life so that we can talk about their death. James Harvey is a great comic artist, illustrator, and writer. He has written and drawn Mouth Baby, Master Plasty, and The Long Day of Mr. James Teacher, the first two being futuristic, visceral satires akin to popping a zit while simultaneously viewing everything on Tumblr at once. The other one is a memoir about his time spent in South Korea as an ESL teacher, where we met. He also works with DC, such as the comic We Are Robin. He was part of an absolutely beautiful modern Little Nemo anthology. Just search on Google Images, James Harvey Little Nemo. It's beautiful. His greatest exposure came from Bart Kira, a giant internet project that he led where artists from around the globe recreated all of Akira, but with Simpsons characters. But to me, James Harvey is not an indie comic superstar, but a beautiful, tender person. But he's got a bit of an edge. He's like a chiropractor. If his energies aren't directed directed correctly, snap. Bad snap. Not the good snap. We met in South Korea as ESL teachers. He told me a story once. There are these street vendors that sell corn dogs, and when you buy them, they cover the corn dog with ketchup. And when you eat them, the ketchup cascades down and goops up your hand. As strangers in South Korea, there are many things that you just don't know how to do, like how the post office works or how to eat a corn dog. One day, James told me, I saw this lady eating a corn dog, and she showed me how to eat it properly. I was excited. What was the trick? He said, basically, you let the ketchup slide down the corn dog until it covers your hand completely. Which is to say, for many things, there is no trick. James is my friend. (laughs) I think he's great. Here's the theme song. Let's jump in at the end of a long intro I gave James, wherein I cataloged James and my relationship. It ended with, the next time I saw James was in Stafford, England, at the end of a long... England, on Christmas, nestled in with his family, I was ushered through the English week-long pre-Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and whatever followed the next day marathon celebration. At one point, James yelled at his dad for making fun of me, which... I appreciate. But hang on. So, so I, I remember throwing my dad out of my house. And it was like one of the first time I, I ever really stood up to him. But like my voice like cracked. So I was like, my voice went like really high for some reason. And I was like, 
get out of the house. Like, and I don't know, I don't know why that happened to my voice, but like, uh, I still, I still was not quite yet a man, I guess. But I, I was on my way. Well, what I remember was my sister started reading out one of her poems. Like she was like de debuting a poem that she'd written, and it, it was her Santa Claus poem. No, it was a, I, I don't know what it was, but like, um, it, but it was really good. And, and then my dad was like jealous of all the attention she was getting, and he was like, if, if I'd written a poem, you'd all be telling me to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, if you'd written a poem, we'd be delighted. That's not the fucking kind of thing you do. Like, we tell you to shut the fuck up because you're a rambling, fucking annoying idiot, you know? Like, and, 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 like, and that was just like, he was talking over my sister's poem that she'd written. And that was just like the last fucking straw. Like, so, so I, I threw him out. Like, I called him to get the fuck out. And uh, that's what I remember. But if, if I... If it was because I was defending you, that's interesting because that's like the second time I got in some kind of a fight because I was like sticking up for you. I, like, I may uh, be misremembering. It's it's definitely a, a more important event in your life than mine. So we'll trust your memory of it. Yeah. But do you remember like the other time, like we were, we were in a bar and like someone was, uh, someone was like really kind of trying to bully you. Do you, do you remember this? Like when we were in, in South Korea and I, and I like... Like I, I got in very few few fights in my life, but I ended up like punching that guy. Do you remember? Oh, the marine. <laughs> oh no, the the Korean guy was a marine. Like, and he that was his friend. Yeah, yeah. I remember that that was great. Um, I mean, it was awful because <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I don't like yeah. violence. Do you remember he his nickname for you was Crab, and we could never figure <laughs> out why. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, all right, crab. <laughs> this is, uh, what, what was that fucking guy's name? His name was Michael Button. Like, yeah, not yeah. he's not going to listen to this. But like, uh, anyway, for some reason, he was just like, he, he just had this idea. Like, we had this really nice little group of friends and we just like, there was no ego, there was no arrogance. It was just like, just a bunch of jackasses making stupid jokes at each other and and going on silly trips. And, and, and then he just like kind of was pulling this weird alpha male shit. And, and he, and he, decided that you were the low status kind of guy he had to kind of usurp and, and make people bad. And I was like, fuck this, like, that's not gonna happen. Not on my fucking watch. Like, like I, I love Matt, like you can't do that to him. Like, so that was like, I, yeah, I, I don't ever get in fights, but it was just like one time where I was just like, you just can't fucking do this. You're an annoying twat and someone needs to teach you a lesson. Well, yeah. now I sound, okay. <laughs> Uh, with your dad now How, how's your relationship um so I, I think like it got better after i moved out obviously like uh but i, I think for the longest time like the, the most interaction i had with him was like uh every every saturday we would have like he would cook chicken wings and i would get like a a movie a, right have you heard of the genre of splatter comedy like uh like like just like a, a, like the Evil Dead Two is the perfect example, like a comedy movie that's mostly based around. It's a horror comedy basically, and, they, and I, I didn't know there was a, a genre a name for this genre, but it's the splatter comedy. And so my my dad and I would watch one of those every week, and that was like it was like the healthiest our relationships ever been. Like we had something to look at that wasn't each other. We had like a <laughs> schedule. We had like a, an in and an out. Like it was uh, yeah, it was very nice. And, and he he also cooks very good chicken wings. So. has um 
like autism or or is yeah that... he does he does have autism um well i mean i i got officially diagnosed with autism um recently did i tell you about that um i think i saw it online yeah yeah um but my dad like as soon as i started talking seriously about that stuff and that's when my dad kind of like analyzed himself and he was like yeah i definitely have it and, and he does definitely have it like there's like so many of his personality traits and um that what, i can what would you submit as evidence that your dad has um autism just the very fact that he has to wake up at a certain time take the dog out at a certain time go to the butchers on a certain day and 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 then like he gets obsessed with very in-depth insane projects like so before i'll give you the best example i can give you is like before napster even before before mp3 sharing my dad found out about the file format mp3 before anyone knew what it was and he just like started going to the library taking out 10 cds at a time and encoding them onto mp3 he had like fucking 50,000 tracks on his computer before before people had even figured out what mp3s were like it was fucking insane like and, and he just like did that every maybe every day for six years or something like so I had like every Frank Zappa album, every Captain Beefheart album, and The Doors and Velvet Underground and all this shit, you know, Pink Floyd and, you know, just like stuff that baby boomers are interested in, but like, undoubtedly an autistic person. God, did you know my, so, so um, did you know my dad has, did I show you this? He has like a notebook and he's written like about 50 songs that he wants at his funeral. Did, did you see this? <laughs> No, I haven't. And he, and he keeps adding to it. And do you want to know what number one is on this? Um, what would your What would your first guess be? Like having met him, like knowing a bit what he's like. Can Can you describe him like for the for the uh, for, your, for your audience? Uh, a crotchety, um, twitchy, Scottish, very Scottish man who who d- doesn't have that crazy of taste, but he has the love of his opinions are as strong as if he was like super eclectic but he'll just be talking about like the doors yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so is it riders on the storm (laughs) well well it's funny you say that like it it used to be that he wanted the end as his funeral music like by the doors so you're very close but he's like past that now like he doesn't want the end by the doors he's like no i changed my mind about that a long time ago now he wants the theme tune from the animated sitcom Family Guy. That's pretty fitting for him. Just kind of a sour, ironic. <laughs> but like, like imagine that moment. Like, like I fucking hate like the work of Seth MacFarlane. I think Family Guy is terrible. Like, I think it's just like pandering, like slop of like the lowest order. And and so like on the day that my dad dies, I have all that shit to deal with. I've never lost someone that close to me. So that's going to happen to me. And then, as like that body is getting like fucking lowered into the ground, I hear the theme tune from Family Guy. I hear the theme tune from fucking Family Guy. 
Yes, yes, I think that. <laughs> and and so we'll, we'll move on to the final segment, which is each interview kind of culminates in a eulogy of sorts. People can do freestyle one. They can write them. It's, mm. it's the hook of the show to trick people into so that they don't realize it's just like a, an interview show by someone who's not famous, predominantly <laughs> interviewing people that aren't famous. Uh-huh. I added the predominantly yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you. You don't need the predominantly. I just think we're like we're, we're we're very social animals. Like we're we're very simple evolutionary machines. We're evolved to be surrounded by people that we enjoy being around. You know. I, I, I think maybe it's because my dad has like ended up like alone as he as he has. You know. Like, and I, I don't want to. I I, I, I I know that isn't the secret to life, but it's like how I, it's what I tend towards. What I tend towards is being alone and like being an artist who kind of spends a lot of time by himself. And um, I, I want to cultivate a life where I've broken that, I've broken free of that. to be I think that's all I want is to um, <laughs> all, all I want is to really nail it on that front because I know, I know so many people who kind of haven't and, and uh, I, I just hope I can you know going to sound like the interview is starting over and that's because it is i made two episodes out of this interview and we thought that they were so complimentary we should keep them together so here's the yang side of this yin yang piece or maybe it's the yin i don't know both are dark in different ways and light in other ways um how are you doing anyway i'm really good this is my second podcast in two days by the way you did the Simpsons um, one, right? I did the I did everything's coming up Simpsons. Um, it's basically just like the most insane self sabotaging instinct, right? And I, I certainly did that for the Simpsons podcast. Like I got barely <laughs> any sleep, and 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 then I, like, I woke up and it was thirty minutes past when the podcast was meant to start. Yeah, I, I was fucked. I, I was so tired. Like I had barely any sleep whatsoever and 
when they started asking me about my projects, I just kind of like blanked and I, I had to like explain to them like, I'm so nervous. Like I, I listened to a couple of episodes of their podcast and they had all these people I really respect on there, like voice actors and writers that I think are geniuses. And then I'm like, why, why the fuck am I on this thing? You know? So I'm glad I got like one shitty podcast appearance out of the way because like, no, hopefully I can just like, hopefully I have fun on this one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is, this one has the, um, it's not as intense because the the listenership is probably one one thousandth as, as theirs, <laughs> maybe. But so 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 they have a thousand listeners. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've kind of wondered the, this about you. You you have uh, a unique vision, and and you'll do stories that are completely original. You write them, draw them. Online, yeah. you'll complain about relatability culture, um, which is slightly different than what I'm getting to, but it is kind of entertainment shorthand uh, to that's kind of exploit uh, familiarity to, to make something that's not uh, as artistically great. And yet, yeah. one mm-hmm. of your biggest things, which you're probably most known for, is Bart Kira, which takes two mammoths of references and puts them together oh yeah no i know i I know that because i did i'm the guy who did barkira i don't have a right to complain about anything because like that is like yeah like um it's yeah i I took a thing that's popular and another another thing that's popular and squished them together and uh i mean i mean like and obviously that was going to get huge and and yeah like i wish that wasn't the thing that most people kind of know me for but like, uh, it was only supposed to take like a month and then it didn't take a month. Yeah. It, it does always like seem like a very easy thing to go to go for like relatable content, you know, like, 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 and they, and they, and they call it content. Like no one ever says art. Like a, a friend of mine is like a animation teacher and, and apparently one year all his students were saying like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I guess I just want to make relatable content. Mm-hmm. Like I just like want to do really relatable things. And, and you know why it fucking is? It's because things that are relatable get the most clicks. Or, you know, you know, because people, everyone's measuring like the worth of a piece of art by how, how much the numbers go up. Mm-hmm. And so the, the things that are going to get the most numbers are the things that the most generic kind of uh, express the most generic sentiment, you know? I, I but think again, I, yeah, go on. I'll throw in an example that most infuriated me. It was a video of someone dancing to the office theme song. And yeah. then the caption was like me when I hear the office come on. <laughs> and I was just like, no, that's not you. And off- that's that lady. <laughs> Her experience yeah. is not yours. That's right. Yeah. There's like, yeah, I, I, I hate it. And, 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 um, and, and you can, maybe you can agree with this. Like, like one of my favorite things is when like Prince has that song and it's like one of my Prince's most popular songs where he says, I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I'm something you can never understand. Like that's not relatable to a lot of people, but, but fuck it. I want to hear more from that guy. Yeah. And, and obviously it's, it's not an either or thing. There's, there's enough it is. space in the world for everything. And the truth is like, uh, actually the people who are able to kind of put their finger on an aspect of everyday life that, we can all relate to, but no one's truly been able to put their finger on. Like, I think like Seinfeld was like the master of this, you know, like that, there is a place for those people and it, and it is like a special and wonderful skill. And 
maybe it's a skill that I don't have, and that's why I've taken this ludicrous stance that it's uh, not worthwhile, <laughs> you know? Because of the Seinfeld reference, we tried to make up Seinfeld jokes. I won't repeat mine. Here's James. My Seinfeld joke. Um, uh, what's the deal with um, when you uh, stay up all night before you have a uh, podcast appearance and and th- and then when you uh, get on the podcast, you're just rambling and saying stuff that's going to get you into trouble and uh, this is uh see, see the thing is I, I feel like I, I because I'm because I'm kind of neuro I'm not neurotypical like I, I don't live a life that many people could relate to like I, I feel like most of the things that I do and I just like and most of the way I act is like just not the way a normal person acts you know I don't know am I doing okay I feel I feel yes you're doing okay see that's that's the part of James I was trying to allude to in the intro. He's um, he's vulnerable and intense, and those energies can work against him or against other people. I wanted to ask you about because I had such a strong connection with you. I just thought you were really funny. I you know just just like a true like you know kindred relationship or whatever. But then I thought yeah. maybe you are just so open and vulnerable that people find that in you? Do you think a lot of people confide in you and like kind of find like a special friend in you? Or are we yeah, friends no, and it, nobody else likes you and I'm, it's just a special uh, <laughs> No, no, I think, I think that's true. Like I think, I think I do have that relationship with a lot of people. Like um, it, it is like, because like I don't really have a filter and, uh, and because I'm not, I'm not judgmental, you know, and uh, I, I'm very interested in people. So, yeah, but I do love talking to people and love, uh, I mean, that that's kind of the secret of life, isn't it? Just like uh, finding people that you like talking to and to talking to them as much as you can, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great, you know why I like that secret of, secret to life? Because it's attainable. <laughs> <laughs> it is attainable, yeah, I mean, I mean yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Like, uh, I, like for the first time, I have like my own apartment, and I, and I have like a, a job where I can afford my own apartment. Like, apparently, most autistic people don't ever like leave their family home. You know, like or, or they'll be like 50 and still living with their parents. So, it's like very different for people with my. So you mean you got out? You got out 10 years before <laughs> they were still. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that as you've matured, you've gotten to the point when you start to see that 80%, 90% of any anger you've had at something just served to make you feel good <laughs> about being angry at something? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. Like, um, and do, do you know, like, I'm, I'm a lot less angry and I'm, I'm also, like, a lot less engaged with... I don't know, people on the internet and uh, the world around me in general, like, uh, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Because normally I have to kind of, like, bite down and suppress that part of my brain, you know? But, like, um, I, I was just kind of, like, playing with the idea that, like, I'm just going to let it all hang out and not filter myself at all for a while and see what happens. Was it good? But, but, 
no, no, it wasn't. It was, it was really unhealthy. Yeah, precisely. And when I decided to just like kind of switch those skills off and be like, fuck it, I'm autistic, deal with it. And, and then I just became unbearable. And, and I was just like, and, and it was like, okay, okay, this is why like I developed these coping mechanisms. So, so I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad that I had, even though, even though like my early life was incredibly hard, you know, um, I'm glad that I had to sort of have this kind of baptism by fire and, and, and just learn how to be a person in the world, like the hard way, you know? Mm. Yeah. Do you think when the, the church, the church started, they were like, okay, first thing out of the gate, baptism by fire sucks. Let's do baptism by water. <laughs> <laughs> All these babies aren't doing so well. <laughs> yeah. My, my job is going really well. Like, uh, so like I'm, I wonder if I can talk about what I'm doing. When is this, when is this podcast coming out? Um, I don't know. Maybe like, a, uh, in a month, um, month or two. I'm still, I'm still working for DC. Um, but like I, I'm working with like, um, with another company. I'm like, do you know how, like, um, have you ever heard people say like, uh, like you're only famous if like someone's mom knows who they are, you know? <laughs> that makes sense. Like, like they say like, uh, okay, so like, Lil Peep isn't famous, but Kanye West is famous because, you know, your mum knows who Kanye West is. Like, I'm working with people who, like, your mum knows who they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I'm, it, it's really, it's really kind of exciting. Like, I'm, and my career is... You're working with my uncle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're working with, uh, with my grandma's um, physical therapist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I took that very literally when someone said famous as people who your mum knows who they are. I just work with friends of mums now. Well, that's great. And I understand that you, you probably uh, can't talk about stuff like that. After the episodes, you told me who he's been working with. Some of them are famous. One of them is ultra famous. Very cool. I have a hard time kind of wrapping my head around it. But... I feel like I have, I'm on the tip of a thought, an interesting one. I've done like five takes of, of this um, this button piece, and I, I, just, I just can't put my finger on it. So we're going to move on. We're going to do the, the eulogy portion of this episode. Here we go. I can't disguise the pounding in my heart. It beats so strong. Did a little lift the Are you playing? Uh, no. But I mean, I, I cannot. Ready? One, two, ready, go. We, for James's eulogy, we played a Prince song, Take Me With You. I'm sorry, James, I'm not going to include it. We did another version of some parting words that are... Maybe not as beautiful as that song, but more beautiful than us doing that song. And then you just say something profound. Fuck. So you're speaking to the world. Just just tell us what to do. Ready? Okay, so you guys get to hear how much of a fucking dummy I am. Okay, go. (laughs) 
it'll be all right in the end. But if it's not all right, then it's not the end. You know, life is like a bowl of dirty dishes. Yeah, they're dirty, but put them in the water. Just get some good soap, like some good washing up liquid, and like uh, just like keep doing it. And, it, and if you, actually, if you've got a dishwasher, like um, you know, just load the dishwasher. Just get put a tablet in there and like just forget about it. That's it. You know, a woman once said to me, I, I was walking my dog and she said, uh, that, that dog has got such a wise and beautiful face. And I said, that's not a dog, you're looking in a puddle. Thank you very much, James Harvey, for being on an episode of your eulogy. Uh, my name is Matthew Schneeman. I did the music and edited this episode. If you have any questions, you can email me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. I don't have a signing off line. I, I kind of want one. Do, do you have any uh, recommendation, James? Hmm. Um, so, so your name is German for snowman. So like... Um, but while one day I will melt away, hopefully my love for you will be forever. <laughs> oh man, I really want to do that verbatim for the for the rest of the show. <laughs> so it's like, hang on, I'll play the profundity music, okay? Hang on. Uh, so I'm like one one thousandth the guitar player that you are, but hang on. Oh, you mean the fan bases compared to um, <laughs> the Simpsons podcast versus mine? Yeah. With any questions, email me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. One day I may melt away, but hopefully my love for you will stay forever. You didn't mention that your name was uh, German for snowman. Wait, I have to do this setup every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, let's take it from the top. Any questions, email me at youreulogymail at gmail.com. By the way, my last name, Schneemann, means German and snowman. And though one day I, <laughs> though one day I will melt away, hopefully my love for you will stay forever. It's close enough. Close enough. That was good. <laughs> James Harvey is a comic artist, illustrator, and writer. You can find him online. Type in James Harvey and add comic to that, and you'll find everything he's done. Absolutely wonderful. Masterplasty is free. You can read it. It's great. You can buy his book, Mouth Baby. That one I haven't read yet. Um, I, I ordered it, but it, well, anyway, 
This episode was edited and produced, and the music was done by me, Matthew Schneeman. Email me with any questions at youreulogymail at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I want to hear about link, what links you prefer. If you like this live music style I've been experimenting with, please let me know. I'm all about myself over here, and I would like to get some feedback. Thank you very much, and thanks again to James Harvey. That's all I've got.